Acts chapter 6, it says from verse 1, But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so brothers, select seven men who are well respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch. An earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. And God's message continued to spread. The numbers of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. And many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Amen. You may be seated. So what I want to speak about today is I want to speak a little bit. If you have a desire, then God is going to raise you up. If you have a desire, God's going to raise you up. If you want more of God, then Victory Outreach is the right place for you. We don't look at your past. We don't look at your present. We look at your future. Hello, somebody. Right? Come on. Come on, your heart. Somebody give him praise. Right? That this is a place of miracles. This is a place of new beginnings. This is a place of transformed lives. Man, like, I was, I was, I was sharing the other day that, that isn't it crazy that, that in, in the church in Amsterdam, that before, I, when I told people to, to, to raise their hands, they did it because they had to, hello, because I was wearing a uniform. Hello, somebody. Right? But now as a worship leader, I tell the same guys. I'm not joking. I tell the same guys. As a matter of fact, what happened was, um, once on a, um, when I was on a job, right? When I was on a job, and, and um, I arrested this guy, this, this drug addict, right? And I arrested him. And then he said, I said, uh, uh, okay, turn around. So he looked at me, and he said, hey, Pastor Hughes. <laughs> he was a backslider. He used to be in a home. Used to be in the home, and now I had to arrest him. Isn't that sad? Right? On another time, I, I just finished my shift, and where I worked in Amsterdam is the east side. And then, um, so we had a lot of camera surveillance. So you do it from a certain room, right, from the police station, and you see it because we have a lot of problems with drugs, as you can imagine in Amsterdam. Hello. Right? So... What happened is that I was at the end of my shift. I had my civilian clothes on. And then I saw on the camera two colleagues fighting with a guy. Right? So I looked at it. So I jumped in the car and I drove there. And then, you know, sometimes in camera you don't see things that well. So then I, I ran to a guy. He was huge, man. He was, you know, he was, he was a black guy with arms like this. You know? And I was like, oh, man. You know? I was like, oh. I'm the end of my shift, but then I called my friend Pepper Spray, and I pepper sprayed him, you know, and then we, we jumped on him, we, 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 we threw him in the car, and then I drove to the police station, and then 
he was like cussing, man, because you can't imagine with the pepper spray. I like it because it's not harmful, and I don't have to hit nobody. So then he had pepper spray, so he had to shower, his eye shower, and then he was cussing at me, you know, he's calling me all kinds of stuff. But listen, I'm a VO guy, man. So when I wear my civilian clothes, that's just me. I don't like to have big Nike or Prada or whatever. If I have a T-shirt, I usually don't have nothing on, but when I have something on it, it's Victor Outreach, right? So I have my Victor Outreach T-shirt on, so this guy was cussing, and then as he looked at me, he said, like, bleep, 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 bleep. And I said, hey, Victor Outreach, Pastor Sonny, Sister Julie, Nikki Cruz, you know, and he changed. He was one of those guys because in Amsterdam, I don't know if you know, in 1985, there was a revival taking place in the streets of Amsterdam. And then, then like hundreds of people were getting saved and there was a revival going on. And this guy, he used to be in the men's home, but then he backslid and he started, you know, he started to do bad things again. But he couldn't tell me anything. He, he told me the names. He said, Pastor Via, Robert Vigna, you know, Eddie Lant and all these guys. He told me those names. So I had the chance to minister to him. I had the chance to minister to him. But what does it tell me is that I remember when I walked into Victory Outreach, man, I was looking for a place. And back, back in those days, I was a flight attendant, you know. I was a confused young man, <laughs> right? So what happened is that I walked in in my uniform, right? I walked in my uniform, and I was the, probably the only white guy there. And before I had a flight, I said, you know, I'm going to visit this church. And the moment I walked in, I felt the Lord speaking to me, this is your house, your home. So that was in 1996. And, and man, that for, ever since then, it was my house. And then I remember in 98 at a, at a uh, uh, Mighty Man of Valor in La Puente, when we had him still in La Puente. And I saw Eddie and Gary, you know, I saw him leading worship. And God, I was all the way in the back because I was just saved, man. I was all the way in the back. And God confirmed it. He said, that's going to be you. That's going to be you. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I, I sang, but I didn't sing for Jesus, you know. But then I dedicated my life and said, Lord, I'm only, only going to sing for you. And I started to invest in my calling. I started to invest. And read. But back in the day, we didn't really have internet yet. You know, so I started to look at DVDs, uh, reading books, and started to, okay, what is this about? And it's like, man, learning and learning and learning. You know, learning and learning and learning. And then in Amsterdam, I became the worship leader. Then we started doing European conferences with Pastor Anthony, who was in London. Anthony Farrell, he was in London. And we became best friends. And then we went to Mighty Men of Valor. Then we went to World Conference. And then, man, and now we are leading at world conferences. Not only that, we are overseeing the worship with a team of guys. Why am I saying that? Is if you have a dream, if you have a desire, and God calls you, my friend, you need to go for it. You need to go for it because God's promise, it will never return void. It will, it will happen. It will happen, church. When the Bible speaks about that your gift will make room for you. I wanted to do full-time ministry, but I couldn't. And then in 2008, when actually I, we, were, we were in Hayward, I went with a, a friend of mine, Pastor Patrick Roberts, for those who know him. He's in Connecticut now. And we came, and, and then Sister Josie took us to a baseball game, you know. And then, I, then Pastor Sonny Jr. was there too. You know, I didn't know all the rivalry about the Giants and the Dodgers and all these things. You know, like, I'm, I'm from, I don't know if this is live, you know, but I don't want to step on no toes, you know. 
And naturally, I was like, I'm in Dodger Town. I'm in Whittier. Everything's blue, you know. But Holland, the, the, Holland is the house of orange. Hello, somebody. Right? So I kind of like, you know. <laughs> but then... I was, I was still a police officer, so we went to the UTC to get trained to start the first UTC in Europe in 2008. In 2008. And then there was a, a run for Hope luncheon, you know, and we had one a couple of weeks ago where, where I saw Pastor Esteban's inspiring message, you know. And I was sitting right behind Pastor Sonny Jr. And oh, my goodness, <laughs> Pastor Sonny Sr. was there. And Pastor Joe was sitting there. And we were number one. And everybody felt awkward. <laughs> But it was it was awesome. It was a great clip, you know. <laughs> but in the, in the same setting, she used to have it in her backyard, Sister Julie. And then what happened is that Esther was testifying for the UTC, but we're gonna start it. And I was one of those that had a cup of coffee with Pastor Sunny, you know. And then right there in that lunch, our lives changed, and we found ourselves on our way to Cape Town, South Africa. Why? Because I had a desire and I had a purpose and I became a specialist in my area. My gift made room for me, right? So here I was on, on our way and we lived there for five and a half years. From there we went to Eagle Rock. From there we went to Dublin, Ireland. We went to Manchester, England. We went to Whittier, uh, California and now we're going home. Come on, somebody get excited about that. Everything that we have learned Everything that we have learned in these 21 years, everything that we applied, team ministry and all these things, now we can start implementing that in a brand new church in Amsterdam Hall. Come on, somebody. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, and on top of that, we're also going to have a brand new urban training center in Amsterdam. Come on, somebody. Woo! That if you have a desire, man, just like we read, just like Philip, when you have a desire that God is going to open those doors for you. You know, these men, they were raised up in a very, very interesting time because Jesus went on to be, you know, he, he went up to heaven. And then there was, didn't know what was going to happen. The Holy Spirit fell and all the disciples, they were full of fire and there was a revival taking place. That's where Stephen and Philip were chosen. They were respectable men. When they had to be chosen, Stephen and Philip were the first two who were chosen. Now, Stephen was a radical guy, right? When the time came, there was a revival taking place. And then what happened? A persecution came and he kept on preaching the word of God. And it cost him his life. He got stoned, right? We know the story. By Saul, who later on got saved and became Paul. So what happened is that Philip got called Philip. Because sometimes, my friend, in the most difficult times, those are the times when God wants to work miracles. I remember 15 years ago when everybody from the USA came. They said, Amsterdam, that's a bad place. You have free marijuana and all these things. Here we are 15 years later and California legalized marijuana. Nobody listened. Nobody heard. I saw this documentary about Colorado. They don't know what to do. Because it's a mess. 
It is a mess. When I was a cop, I could see the young people. They say that that, that, that substance, THC, that is in the marijuana is 80% as strong as it was back in the 60s when it was the flower power times. So at 8 o'clock in the morning, those coffee shops, they open up in Amsterdam. And I see young students in line waiting till it opens up. And they want to get the marijuana because they walk around like a bunch of zombies. They need to get their fix. And it's legal. In those times we're living, and it gets harder and harder and harder. I've seen in Northern California, man, this is a heavy place. This is a heavy place where Christianity is being pushed out. It's being ridiculed. It's being, you know, nothing. And, and you're living in some heavy times. But these, my friend, this is the ground for miracles. This is the ground where God wants to show his power. It is not where everybody's blessed, everybody is good. You have a church on each corner and everybody. No, it is when the hard times come, when the rubber meets the road. That is when it's going to happen. That's why I'm going to Amsterdam. I could live in California, man. It's nice. It's sunny. You know, like I drove with my own car here and a brand new car. I'm blessed. But Europe is dying. Spiritually, Europe is dying. We are the forerunner when it comes to where the Antichrist wants to move. We are the forerunners, and, and the Islam is coming up strong. Right? Stronger and stronger and stronger. You know, everything that you hear about Brussels, you know, when they have like these terror cells, that is like one and a half hours from Amsterdam. It is one hour from Rotterdam, another big city in Holland. So there is a need. So how dare I, everything that I've learned in all these years, not going back to my people and telling them about the love of Christ. God calls us, church. God calls us not just to live comfortable. Yes, he wants to bless us, but he has a purpose with that. He, we're, I'm, you know the song, I'm blessed to be a blessing. We need to be, a, we can't keep it for ourselves. So here was Philip. He was there in Jerusalem and miracle signs and wonders took place. And then we go to chapter 8. Chapter 8. From verse 1, I believe. Let's read it from verse 1. It says, A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers, except the apostles, were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen because he just got killed with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Now here you have Philip. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. There was a revival taking place in Samaria. Remember? 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 When, when, when Jesus said, 
You know, go into all the worlds to preach the gospel, right? Baptizing them in the Father and the name and all these things. And then later says, you will receive power in, in um, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You will receive power and the Holy Spirit will come upon you, right? And you will preach all over scenarios. It was mentioned. So Philip, he was just obedient. Hello, somebody. He said, we are scattered. You know what? I'm going to go to Samaria. I'm going to go to Samaria. I know my buddy just got killed, man. But what I got to lose? I got to be obedient. So here he went, and there was a revival taking place. God wants to use you, church. God wants to use you right here in Northern California. God wants to use you. I believe that this is, it's not so much L.A. L.A. is bad with the movie industry, but I believe Northern California. You know, I just explained my kids, you know, they, they like, like, they like everything, iPhone, Apple, you know, like Microsoft, they like Xbox and all these things, they like Facebook. I said, all that stuff comes from here. Oh, wow. I said, but it's not good. <laughs> right? And, and, and this is like, man, this is heavy, heavy, you know, for America, but all over the world. This is like, this is a place where a lot of stuff is invented, right? If I'm correct. So what happens is that God, he, he, he wants a church like V.O. Hart. He wants us to take our place. And we cannot conform to the pattern of this world, but we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We need to understand that Victory is International, that we have a commandment, that we have a command, and we still need to go. We need to preach the gospel. We need to make disciples. We are not here just to play church. This is just the beginning, my friend. This is just the beginning. The enemy thought that he could wipe out Victory Outreach Hayward, but guess what? It is stronger than ever, and God is doing powerful things. Come on, can somebody give the Lord some praise? When the enemy thought that he could scatter, but then Philip rose up, and then somebody else rose up to preach that gospel because we are called. We are called, church. We are called. We cannot give up. And when I, when I think about it, Samaria became a place where people got sent out of. You know, that this place, that this place is very significant. There are people being sent out of. This is a, you know, your pastor, he has faith. There are not a lot of churches, especially churches also with this size, that go twice in a year to South Africa. Hello, somebody. Can you hear me? To do the drama and then go back to go for the African conference. Why? Because he understands his roots. He understands the anointing. He understands that this is a sending church. He understands that God called real heart to become a base. To become a sending base. And we need strong men. We need strong women. Just like right there in Southern California where we have Victor Always with you. It's called to become a base. Pastor Joe just sent out another team. And when they were in the hardest part, five years it took for them to get that church. To get that building right there on Greenleaf. A powerful church. Great building. But in those three years, he sent out four churches. Four churches. And the last one was sent out a couple of months ago right there in North Hollywood. Not knowing that me coming there, right, and God had a plan for me to be part. Pastor Sonny is going to pastor us, and he's going he, he's gonna to pastor us there in Amsterdam with the team. We're going to team of four men. We have Pastor Barry and Susie from Chino, right? Pastor Mark and Zoe from Manchester, and Evangelist Hayford from Amsterdam. You know, no Jesus, no life. He is part of that team. 
We're going to get midline leadership from South Africa. We're going to get musicians from the United States. This is going to be a powerful team. Pastor Sonny is going to be our pastor, but guess what? This is so funny. Sister Doreen called us. She said, did, did my dad mention that we're going to be parked? I said, well, no. She said, yeah, because my mom just called me, and she said, you know, you guys are parked. And she said, what do you mean? He said, Pastor Joe, he's, you know, he's one of the overseers of the church there, you know. So can you imagine? His faith is being stretched, just like your faith is being stretched, right? Because here you had Philip. And there was a revival. Man, he came from Jerusalem. Powerful things happened. He, man, he had to go. He went to this place, Samaria. Miracles. There was a revival taking place. And in verse 26, it says, But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, When he was in Samaria, miracle signs and wonders were taking place. He says, Arise and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. Can you imagine? That's good stuff going on, man. Like, man, God is moving. And then he said, go to Gaza. Now, I don't know if you know Gaza. Gaza, the Gaza Strip between Israel and Palestine. That's a heavy place. Back in the day, it was a place of hard knocks. And he even said it. It was a desert road. From revival in the city, he went here. Man, he was obedient. Went there. Revival took place. And, man, and they even said that the... That the apostles from Jerusalem came to lay hands in the Holy Spirit. And then he's like, man, this is my place. And it says, no, you got to move on. You got to go to the desert. Some of us, we have a feeling. Because I, I see a lot of faces that I've seen. And you guys have been faithful for years. And you think, okay, what is in it for me? I want you to know that God has a plan for your life. That this is not the end. You're not just going to know God has a calling upon your life. We need strong men. If this is going to be a base, then God wants to rise you up. He wants to raise you up. God needs you to disciple men and women to get people ready, to get poof, sent out there. Poof. I just heard uh, Pastor, Pastor uh, Sister Dana, Pastor William, powerful couple. They're doing tremendous work right there. Man, and the DNA from this church. What about Pastor Anthony? Right? He is right there in Fremont. What about Pastor Chucky? He is right there in South Africa. There is a DNA. There is a lineage of men of God to be raised up and to be sent out. This is a base. Do you hear me, church? You are part of a base. But a base needs to become stronger, needs to become bigger. And I believe that God is in the process of doing that because I followed you guys and I see that miracles have been taking place in this church, right? You guys have been having healing services and, and things taking. Those are just a foretaste of what God wants to do. How many of you is ready? How many of you is willing? Amen? Who, who, who says yes, Lord? Who says yes, Lord? Remember the song that we sang. Whatever you're doing in this season, Lord, don't do it without me. Because I've seen it in churches, man. Like last time I was here in 2013, there needs to be growth taking place. And I'm speaking to you as a brother. You cannot sit on the same level that you've been. You need to grow. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to grow. Victory Outreach is a place of growth. 
Victory Outreach is a place where you can can cultivate and you can grow and you can grow and you can. Is it easy? No. Does it hurt? Yes. Is it comfortable? No. But that is the ministry that we could. That's why we are a frontline ministry. That's why we are making an impact in all the inner cities of the world. That's what God has called us to do. I could have been comfortable. I could have. Our paychecks was good. I come to conference, lead worship, you know, praise the Lord. And it's an honor. But it's not what I was called to do. It's part, but I want to go to the streets. You know what I love more? Well, you know, leading worship on the streets. That's my passion. You know, with, uh, with everybody that's not saved and, feel the, uh, and see the witness the spirit of God fall. And that is my passion, man. And everything that what happens there, when I'm on that stage, right there leading worship in a conference, it just flows out of that. It flows. Why? Because I have a passion for souls. I have a, a passion. Why? Because I've seen them modeled by my leaders by, and always doing that. So I just want to follow in their footsteps. You just keep on following the footsteps of your pastors. You to, to walking, walking in faith, walking in faith. When he speaks about that, he says, I believe, guys, I believe, I believe this place being transformed. I believe God has a place for you, but you need to, we, we need faithful men. We need faithful women who stand behind it. Hello, somebody. We, we, I, I made up my mind because the Dutch, by nature, we are negative, man. I think white people anywhere. <laughs> Some of you guys, hey, hey, hey. I'm white, I can say it. Hello. But I, I made up my mind is that, like the Dutch, by nature, when it rains, man, why is it raining? Oh, it always rains in Holland. And then when, when, it, when, when the sun shines, wow, is it hot? Oh, it's never good, right? When I was in Ireland, it rains 95% of the days. Talk about depression, man. Oh, my goodness, right? And now I'm here in, in Southern California. There's a heat wave. It's in the 90s every day. Hello, somebody, you know, and I don't know what to wear. I'm like, oh, you know, I can't. Oh, man, I'm like, oh, what, what, what am I supposed to wear? It's too hot. <laughs> but I made up my mind I want to hang out with positive people I want to hang out with those that speak life I don't want to hang out with the, with the, in the negative corner I don't want to hang out in the negative no I want to speak life when things are not going the way they should what can I do to change it what can I do hello somebody watch out for people that, that say that's what they want no 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 don't hang out with those because they who is they we are the church we are the church right Right? We are the church and we can make things happen. One man told me this. He says, if you have an idea, probably God gave you that idea to do it, not just to say it and wait till it doesn't get done. No. He wants, he gave you that inspiration because he wants you to do something with it. Because, oh, I told him six months ago that this and this, maybe you should start it then. Hello, somebody. Right? We need to be trailblazers. We need to go. We need Phillips. Um, I don't know if you know the story, but when then he was on the desert road, right? And then he saw an Ethiopian eunuch, and he was high in by the he was high in uh, for the queen, I believe, for the queen of Sheba. He was high with her. So what happened is that she, that man there was normally when those things happen, the, a fear can creep over you, right? Because they were known as an evil people. So here. Uh, uh, you know what, what, what I noticed? He said he was in Jerusalem, was go to Gaza. And then it says when he saw the, the when the eunuch passed him by and, and then he walked, he said, go tell him. 
But that part, he walked. <laughs> right? He walked. He walked the desert road. And when God called him, he didn't walk back. He ran back. He ran back to tell him about Jesus. Hey, what are you doing? And he was reading. He said, do you understand the prophet? No, how can I understand unless somebody explains me? So there was, a, you know, when you go out and you just ask a question, you just find something to talk about, and then you can implement Jesus. Then you can tell them about how Jesus changed your life. We need to be witnesses. When God speaks, we need to listen, man. This is reach night, right? We need to reach. When is, somebody said this, when was the last time you did something for the first time? Right? Instead of being grumpy, waiting in line at Smart, Smart and Final or wherever you're grocery shopping, just start a conversation. Hey, my name is so-and-so, you know? And then, and then you start a conversation. Start witnessing. Be different for a change, right? Be different for a change. And then, uh, you know, oh, there's a line of 10 items or less. And you're looking, that's 12 items, you know? You start focusing on the negative. Don't focus on the negative. Focus on the positive and start witnessing. Christ and you change the whole atmosphere. Can somebody give him change? Can somebody give him praise in this place? Four, four things real fast and then we're done. In Acts 6, 5, we just read it, that a preparation, Philip was chosen as a leader because sometimes we think that only top leadership can do things. No, you keep on coming up. You keep on coming up. Right? You keep on coming. What about Pastor Charlie? Who right now in San Jose. You know, maybe he thought that his days were over. You know, and all these young guys are coming up and all these things. Look at him now. He's a senior pastor of San Jose. Come on. Do you understand? God is busy with you in a season, in a season. Maybe it takes a little bit longer. I remember God gave us a vision in 1998 about South Africa. It wasn't until 2009 we went to South Africa. 11 years later, God gave us a promise scripture about Amsterdam that we were going to make an impact, especially under the young adults and everything. We were, and man, we were going to be traveling. And that was what, in 2003? Something. And now it is 2017. 14 years later, and we're going to go back. 14 years later. Are you just going to sit around? No. You just keep on working hard. You just keep on growing, keep on and believing the word of God. You just keep on doing what God has called you to do. When Philip was, of course he had dreams. But when he was asked to serve the tables, if the apostles could do what they had to do, he gladly said yes. And he was a man that was chosen. So there was something about him. Is there something about you? When things have to be done, I, I like, oh, yeah, man, that guy is always, is always, man, he's, he's good. Or is it like, mm, I don't know. You know, then this is your season to change. This is your season to change. And it's possible, like I said, I used to be a gr grumpy white man. But now I don't want to be grumpy. So I catch myself. Whenever that creeps in, he said, mm, no, I'm going to change. I'm going to change. So you need to, you need to, you know what the Bible says? I'm a worshiper, right? It says the joy of the Lord is your strength, right? But you don't always have the joy, right? But that's why the Bible also speaks, I command my spirit to praise the Lord. 
I command my, it is not a feeling, it's not an emotion, especially when you don't feel it, then you command your spirit. You do it anyway. I don't feel like it. I'm going to praise him anyway. Those are the times where God's going to move in a powerful way. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was, you know, I was by myself. And then uh, as a missionary, sometimes you don't have, you don't have money, right? And, and it, it, this feeling wanted to creep in. This feeling wanted to creep in of being negative, right? Of having a pity party for yourself. Hello. Does it sound familiar? Right? And what happened? But then I remembered, you know, that I love to read the Psalms of David. Why? Because it was in the times of distress. He was, yes, he was crying out. He was talking, why is this happening? Why is that happening? I don't understand. And they want to kill me and all these things. But he always ends with, yet I will praise you. Yet I will glorify your name. Because I know that you are able, oh Lord. If that is our prayer, it's going to transform your life. You're going to be a changed man. You're going to be a changed woman. We need to grow up. We need to move. We need to move. This is not the end. This is the beginning for something fresh, from something new. Right? Because when I say we're going to start a brand new team in Amsterdam, people don't believe their eyes. It's like, what? I say, yeah. That's how I felt. But it's happening, baby. It's happening. It's happening in Hayward, baby. It's happening in Hayward. Do you believe it? Can you hear it? Can you hear it? It's going to take a price. It's going to cost us our comfort. Philip, is, his prize was he knew he could die for the cause. His buddy that he was serving tables with, he died. He just got stoned. And that guy called him to go to Samaria. And after that, God called him to go, you know, to go to Gaza. You need to be willing to count the cost. And I'm not just saying, you know, for missionaries to go. I'm meaning your own city. I'm meaning you'll be a, what I love. You know, Pastor Sonny, you asked me. We had a, a missionary class. Sister Julie has a missionary class with, with a lot of um, uh, women leaders. And Pastor Sonny was there. And he said, use what, you know, he, he, you know, he exposed me. He said, what do you think? What do you like this church? And the first thing that came to mind, because everybody with here is a powerful church is moving. But a lot of things are not in place yet. A lot of people don't see that. But why, you know why I love that? Because it has a pioneering spirit. It doesn't, it doesn't lose that pioneering attitude. There's always busyness. There's always action. Always something going on. That's what we need to get. That's what we need to get. We need to understand it's going to cost us something. We cannot be the average church around the, around the corner, which are very good churches. Nothing wrong with them. Well, we are victory hours. We have a special anointing. We have an anointing to be on the front line, to reach the outcast, and to tell them that Jesus loves them, to, be, to bring in a stirring, to bring a revolution. We are not the best church, but we have a special anointing. We know where we come from and we know who we are called for. Everybody else is welcome. I never did drugs, right? But I know that God has called me into this ministry. God has called me into this ministry. Do you feel called in this ministry? If you feel called, can somebody say yes? Somebody say yes. Sometimes you got to leave your secure things and go for insecurity. One of the pastors from Mitchell's Plains, South Africa, he's senior pastor now, Nathan. He used to be, he used to sing in our worship team. And I, you know, and I was like, man, we had to form a, a team from Mitchell's Plains. 
And he was, he loved worshiping. So I told him, I said, listen, Nate, I don't think you call for worship. And he was all bummed out. <laughs> right? But we already agreed with the team that he's called to become a pastor. He said, but I believe that you're part of the pastoral team in Mitchell's Plain. Right? They had a team for a while, and now he's the senior pastor in Mitchell's Plain. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because, it, like, for him to come here, he had one car. And if you've been in South Africa, you know a car is very important there. Because they probably they have Uber now, but I don't think Uber goes to Mitchell's Plain. I don't think so. Uber doesn't go to Hanover Park. <laughs> Hello, somebody. <laughs> right? So the only car that he had, a pickup, you know, and a pickup is not only for rumble or stuff in, in South Africa. It's actually to bring people in the back of the pickup to church, right? I don't know what the, um, I think the, the, they have taxis there, right? Those, uh, those uh, uh, Toyotas. And it, is, it seats 14 to 15 people. And the record that we had in South Africa, and we were, we were sitting there, we had 53 people in one taxi. 53 people. Woo! 53 people. So a car is very needed there. And they sold their only car that they had to go to World Conference. Sometimes it's going to cost you something. Sometimes when God speaks, you need to listen, man. You're going to step into miracle territory soon that God is going to give you that building, that new church building, but there's need to be you know, pledges, and God wants to move in a powerful way. He wants to bless you financially, but first, it's going to cost a sacrifice, right? We got to step out of a comfort zone. Man, our faith has never been this good. We always, when we leave a place, we go with a couple of suitcases. Now, each of us, we take two suitcases. Some people, oh, wow, 10 suitcases, that's a lot. Yeah, but that's all we got. <laughs> I ain't got no house. I, I ain't got no, like, all these, like, Nice things on the wall, whatever. I don't have a TV and all these things. We got 10 suitcases. But I'm not saying this to have pity on me. I'm saying this because my faith has never gone on a higher level. Because wherever we go, we need to have faith. And we're praying it in. We're giving it in. We're believing God. And God always. Somebody say always. Somebody say always. I gave my car away in Amsterdam. I gave my car away in Manchester, and God always gave me a car back. And right now, I'm driving a brand new car. I never had a brand new car. I'm driving a brand new car. That is our God. That is how God works. He is testing our faith. And we go from glory to glory, from level to level. And I cannot wait for... I know that when I go back to Amsterdam, I got some strongholds and demons waiting for me. Like, like that, that, oh man, like the drugs and... And uh, the, the, that, that sex industry and all these things. They're waiting for us. And all these, the Islam, all these strong things. But I know God called us. God is going to bring a revival in Europe. I know that God is going to bring a revival. But it's going to cost us something. This time in Whittier has been the hardest time I've ever had. I never worked so hard as a Christian in my life. Every day busy. Boom. Every day busy. Every day, we're running the coffee shop, right? I-45, and, and then we're doing the worship, and then we have conference. We were busy with that. And, man, every day, every day, I got my kids. And then we have your local ministries that you're taking care of. Man, I was just so busy. 
But I know why. So I told Pastor Joe, I told him, I said, you know, Pastor, man, thank you so much. This time has been the hardest and the most stressful times. So I'm so glad everything I've learned. He's, so I thought he was going to like, yeah, that's, you know, God's faith. He said, you ain't seen nothing yet, man. When you go back to Amsterdam, when you're going to faith is going to be tested. But then when you allow yourself to be stretched, that's when your joy is going to be complete. That's leadership. I don't need no pat on my back. Because I need leadership in my life. You need leadership in your life. You need somebody to allow to speak faith into your life. It is easy. So, oh, everybody bless me club. Oh, yeah, good. Oh, ooh, ooh, you know, high five. No, but then nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to take place. There will be some testings. And we need to have sensitivity for the Holy Spirit. Maybe AJ can come to the keyboard. We need to have, holy, we need to have sensitivity for the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is always speaking. When is the last time you heard from God? When is the last time you had that goosebump feeling? You feel this God speaking. Because what we just said, he, he is new every morning. He doesn't stop. Sometimes he is for a season, just like Philip. He was in a desert road, right? But even on the desert road, God speaks. But sometimes he speaks what we don't want to hear. And then we close our ears. But he always wants to speak. If we read our word, if we pray, we speak with him. He's going to speak, my friend. And there is no plateau with God. There is always growth. How many of you want to grow? I want to grow. I want to stay the same. We need sensitivity for the Holy Spirit. And that is going to take place. And we have a prayer life. That is going to take place when we read our word. When we are faithful in ministry. When we see God move. When we give and God bless us. Oh Jesus, we love you tonight, oh God. We give you glory, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, what an awesome God you are. What a mighty God you are, Lord. Your love is, Lord. Your love is, Lord, everlasting, Lord Jesus. Can we all stand, church? Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we give you praise tonight. Lord, we give you glory, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh. Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. Mm. Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Lord, Whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. You know, the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. 
And is he desiring for more of us? He's desiring for to pour out his spirit even more, but it's up to us. And man, many of us, we've been faithful. We've been faithful. And then and, and that's what the Bible says. Don't, don't get tired of doing good because in due season, in due season, it will take place. But for some of us, and that we maybe we neglected or we got discouraged. Maybe you are here and you are visiting and you used to serve the Lord. And this is your time to, to connect with him again. This is your time to rededicate the man. He is here in this place. He has not forgotten about you. Maybe you are here. You tried everything. Your boyfriend, he, he disappointed you. And you, you might not, you're looking for love in all the wrong places. Try Jesus. Try Jesus. And if this message is spoken to you in where you are more of God, I want to ask you to come to the altars. We're going to pray.